I know you just want to talk a little bit about the reviews. Yeah, so I mean, one thing that was really interesting is, you know, everybody hates a bad review. Yeah. And um, this is like reputation management as an example. When you're in the SEO space or around it, that's a very common question you get, especially around individuals. Um, you know, if let's say, I mean, there's ego involved. And when ego's involved, you know, search is really, you know, but, yeah, but you know, it's, you. The, the real answer is what Gary Vaynerchuk said way back in, in one of his first books, which was, you want your, you want to just give such an amazing service that people are gushing about you. Right. And they, they, they just feel compelled to write good reviews. I, I feel like, you know, the FTC fined, I think it was an e-commerce company for, um, for gating bad reviews. Um, I think they were actually asking for all reviews and then just only approving the good reviews. So it, but they, they didn't get in trouble so much for only putting good reviews. You can put testimonials, testimonials on your site. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any rule they have to put like, you know, the, what the critics had to say, like, I'm just picturing a movie poster right. with like only, this is the worst movie ever. Right. Or the worst thing that happened to cats, it's dogs. I think it's from some TV, TV show review of, or uh, no, it was um, um, Ricky Gervais at the, oh, okay. but th these, I, I think the problem was they, their aggregate review rating saying we had 4.8 out of five stars that got distorted by only approving the positive reviews. So that actually is straight up deceptive because it really was, let's say a three out of five star review. And so even though they have their guidance and FTC did publish guidance for marketers around review generation, I just, I stopped. If someone calls me like, oh, we got these bad reviews, maybe it's a nursing home, COVID, a bunch of deaths, a bunch of really bad reviews. Like, I, I, I'm not, I can't clean up your mess. Like, it's uh, like, I, you, I heard the copywriter say this. I, like, who wants to work with a product that's bad? Right. Right. You want to work with the, you want to work with the companies that are, you're going to, listen, I don't even, I don't trust one star reviews. I don't trust five star reviews. When I look at reviews, I look at three and four star reviews for the most part. But would you trust reviews on the old company's website? All, no. Almost never. No. I, I wouldn't. I, I, if any, I would take it in context. I think that's the big problem. Also, even with like podcasts today and cancel culture and all that stuff. Like, I feel like most people are pretty good at discounting bad information. For, even though there's, you hear the louder voices that just push what they think. But I, I, I want to believe that most people are sensible enough to kind I don't of think filter so. through I think it. you're wrong. Maybe. I mean, I speak to a lot of people in our communities. Yeah. I don't know if that's bad for me to say. Or any no. community, really. You speak to a lot of people and they don't know how to trust. We're, you know, we're in the marketing world. We know internet. We know how it works. We can look at an article that's written and immediately within two seconds know if it's fake or not. Right. Or if it's misleading or not. But the average person who's not in the search marketing space and of average intelligence, I don't think know the difference. Maybe. You see, like you were talking before about how our governors and senators and Congress, they just don't know how search works for the whole antitrust issues. You ever listen to like them ask questions to Google or Facebook? They're like, they don't understand the beginning of how search works at all. And these are the people who are making our laws, like you said. Right. And these are our leaders. And then you have the average person that doesn't understand it, which makes sense. So I have somebody like asking me, is this true? Can you uh, get COVID from a chair? I, whatever it might be. Right. I'm like, does it sound like it's true? Did you <laughs> Google to see if it's fake data? Um, so fear point. You know, I, I guess a point in your favor is 
when I hear people even today that can't differentiate between an ad and an organic result in Google. And right. there's still people that don't realize the difference. I, you have it with, you know, with the, on the ad side with click the call on mobile, all the wrong numbers when you have your competitor keywords showing up. Um, so I, I guess maybe you're right. Some people are just not even putting in the energy to think about it. Maybe I'm, you know, a search like I, I know it caused all the fake news, all the misinformation. It's to me, I saw the path very clear. It's very simple, which is it's the it's the um, it's the cookies. It's the audience targeting turned junk traffic into valuable traffic because it was no longer about the context of the visitor on the site. I remember when entertainment traffic was almost useless. Yeah. You couldn't get a click on a thousand impressions and it was just like, it was useless entertainment traffic. There was no reason to pursue it just for the traffic. It would just cost you bandwidth and, and do nothing. So you and know, then, search marketing traffic also is useless. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> I mean, no, no SEO or paid search marketer is going to click on an ad. Okay. <laughs> Instead they might right click on it, inspect the URL, see what the URL is and go to it manually there. But most people I know, like they don't click on ads in the search marketing space. Yeah. So I try not to, except for once in a blue moon, if I can't tell from the organic results, I tell myself that if the ads willing to pay money to get my attention, they probably have something I'm interested in. So maybe I'll click once in right. a while, but I try, I try to avoid it. I try that. That is true. But yeah, uh, I mean, they were generate like they were generating lots of junk, cheap traffic to inflate impressions on right. those ads. And make and basically devalue the ads themselves without even knowing it. Yeah, so that's you know that that goes to a much broader point also, which is trust decay that is not measurable. But what a lot of people make a big mistake with measurement with all marketing is measurement is linear, right? It's step one, step two, step three. It's not really qualitative in in the way a relationship relationships are more dynamic. They're chaotic. Your relationship with your user, your customer, your site visitor. Those are dynamic things. And more importantly, you can't measure what's not there. You can only measure what is there. So my, the story I like to give, the example I like to give is, you know, fertility, very tough topic. Uh, my wife and I are married almost, you know, 11 years now without kids. It's very painful at times. Um, and the, Amazon targeted me with an ad for baby um, gifts when my brother had a baby. Right. How Amazon got the data for that targeting, maybe it was just I only noticed it because then and they always target with kids, you know, baby gifts. But I didn't shop on Amazon for a month and a half after that. I was just furious at them. And I bet you when they when they actually look at their data for the advertising on that specific campaign or that audience segment, it probably showed a lift in conversions and a lift in revenue. They probably their algorithms or everything probably right. said this was a good investment. But their algorithm never knew that this user who had that impression stopped shopping at them for a month. It's never going to measure what's not there. And so if you're not using the golden rule ahead of everything you're doing, if you're not always thinking about this is a relationship. And, you know, if I was in their shoes, if I was in the user's shoes, what would I want to experience? What would I want to see? How would they figure that out? So maybe they wouldn't have. Right. So but it's more it's more just like a guiding principle that right. like recognizing that. You, you have to think about the human being, the empathy side on the other end of whatever you're doing first. Right. And that's really the missing link with attribution also. And all these things, honestly, I think attribution is a scam that was meant to sell data and ad platforms and get more people to spend money on Facebook ads. Are you trying ads to get people ads? to dislike this video? I'm <laughs> but I, I'm saying all of these things, they're, they're just, they, these things rarely mattered. Most people, I think, even with data, even with machine learning, 
they give way too much credit to way too many signals when it's usually a few core con like even Google with context, your device, your location, maybe the last minute, minute and a half of your behavior is about all that really matters. Even like when they say they're going to delete data right. with the topics API. No big deal. Yeah, I, that data that data that data has been stale to them already. I heard a Google Cloud engineer tell me, for they use machine learning for Google Drive to right. show which files first um, when you log in. They use he said like the last like I think he said like sixty to ninety seconds of your behavior to re, to decide what to use, and anything older than that is just stale. It's funny because they publicly have said on organic search they barely use any personalization at all for ranking outside of. Obviously, if it's a local intent query, I'm looking for urgent care, they want to know where you are. That's personalized right. based on location. But even previous search history, maybe the maybe you search for Jaguar and football, they'll hook that up. Outside of that, it has to be within like the next two minutes or something like that. Outside of that, very little personalization. They used to test personalization like crazy, integration with Google Plus, integration with Facebook, Twitter, so forth. Um, a lot more data. They don't use it all because it doesn't really improve relevancy. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why I get so frustrated with the people that think that the search results are biased because of politics. Yeah. Like I, I can hear certain arguments about certain seed sites that they maybe used way early on right. in how they built search that has like ripple effects through everything today. But I mean, our, the fact that I might have searched for a politician or did something with a politician a month ago or a year ago or, or my phone was in a certain place six months ago. That, that it's just useless to them. I mean, Facebook probably, or used to a lot more, have those problems because targeting was different there. But right. you're right. I mean, I hear, I, I, as you know, I troll a lot of the forums online. I see a lot of complaints. You have just as many people who are Fox News lovers complaining about how often maybe CNN shows up versus CNN lovers complaining about how often Fox News show up. It's crazy. And they all think it's conspiracy against Google. The liberals versus the... Uh, you know, conservatives. The, the best proof of this is the most sophisticated world of, of search that exists out there is your blog. And you just told me that the SEOs um, view it as you loving Google and Google views yeah. it like you hate exactly. Google. That's exactly right. It's the, the perception that goes in from the outset that, that influences it. Yeah. It's interesting. The empathy stuff, I, I do understand that. A lot of people, you see this a lot more often when it comes to a death in a family where Maybe um, somebody will go ahead and, um, you know, get an email about somebody's birthday coming up and you should remember that they have a birthday or an anniversary and they're no longer around. And then it's like, I'm never going to use this service again because Hallmark, you know, emailed me about my mother's birthday and she passed away last year. Why, you know, why are they doing that? They right. don't know. I mean, in my opinion, like I look at something like that, I'm like, it's data. Data doesn't have any emotion. They just don't know. Maybe the programmer has to fix the data to know earlier that that person's no longer around, but how are they supposed to know that that person's no longer around if they don't have the data for right. it? So and if they had the data, they probably wouldn't want to waste money sending it to you, right? Right, obviously. So, I mean, I don't know. No, this is interesting because that same event that the Google Cloud engineer talked about stale data, he said that the, the auto-suggest predictions in your emails in Gmail when it tells you, like, maybe you want to write this. Yeah. Um, was delayed, he said, I think for about a year and a half because of one use case that they, the machine learning just couldn't figure out that was too catastrophic, which was someone has passed. Uh -huh. So those words, they didn't know if they should say congrats or if they just, <laughs> like someone passed their test or right. someone passed on. Right. And 
they they because they said basically with machine learning stuff in certain situations, you you have a choice between like 90% accurate and 90% accurate, but there are certain use cases where it's catastrophic to get it wrong. And so they have to strike that balance and they ask themselves that before deploying any machine learning. You, if we were to deploy this and one of these catastrophic um, outcomes would happen, what would be the end result right. that, that impacts people? That makes sense. And that's what they probably should use as their like bar metric for that. So let's move away from hurting people's feelings. Let's move into understanding the core value around like search marketing and how you understand that. So I know you were talking to me earlier about the value of impression, conversion rate and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that topic? Yeah, so you know, when it comes to advertising, you know, we're, we're competing in an auction. And that means that the person with the biggest margin between you know, what it costs to buy access to somebody to reach their eyeball and the value they can extract from that eyeball is the person that's gonna be able to spend the most. And the person that could spend the most on the advertising is the one that's gonna ultimately get most of the clicks. As we know, the top position gets the majority of the clicks, especially on mobile devices today. Um, maybe, it, I don't know how it's distributed today. I know at one point it was probably more than 50% going to the first position, um, but that's obviously significantly more expensive to get there on the advertising side. So the way I see it is you never really, you don't need all the information, you don't need perfect attribution, but um, the, the advertiser that understands the value of this specific searcher and this specific impression Never had this before, so the actual battery of the, the double camera just broke or died. So we're gonna pretty much end it here. But thank you, David, so much for coming out Thanks here. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. How can people learn more about you, your company, follow you or whatever? Uh, well, I, I actually used to print this on my on my business cards. Just Google me. Yeah, um, yeah. Google David Mohammed, you know, M-E-L-A-M-E-D. You'll, you'll find me, it's pretty easy to find me. Um, and I'm pretty easy to, uh, to get a hold of. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for coming, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So that was David Malamud. I known him a really long time. Amazing guy, super smart. Definitely recommend you check him out. Um, sorry about those technical difficulties at the end. Uh, we were going to talk about his concept around the value of conversions and impressions and clicks, and kind of like how it runs off like a stock market. Or I was he was going to explain the whole thing, um, but then we got cut off because the camera pretty much died, which had never happened before. Maybe he'll stop by another day, and we'll go ahead and continue the conversation another day. So hope you enjoyed it. Everyone, be well. Speak to you guys later. Bye bye.